For listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network, Catholic Radio for Your Soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. And good afternoon. This is the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. I love that intro. You know, it's right to the point. You get that kind of fun music, and then it's like not a lot of, you know, call this number and call that number. It's like, hey, let's get right to it, okay? Because when there's good news to talk about, you got to get to it quickly. Don't waste time. Uh, do not waste time. Dave Palmer is my name. Cecil Anderson is hers. And uh, we are, just in case you're wondering what your name is, Cecil, uh, uh, phone number 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. So much going on. These are kind of weird times we're living Definitely. in right now. And I, I kind of get the sense that things are starting to get back to normal. I don't know. I, you know what I did? I stopped watching the news because the news was really kind of depressing me. Yeah. Uh, and it just the, all the, the count of how many people have this, how many people have died. I mean, gosh, how can you keep, you know, watching that day after day? And I just like, yeah, my dad know. gave up news for Lent, which is really funny because that's when like, Oh, that's it, it what it kind of hit, and so he had no idea what was oh, happening really? most of the time. He would just hear from other people what they were saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was quite funny. Well, that's because we were doing the uh, Exodus ninety. Yes, and that was one of the things with Exodus ninety is you have to give up media. And, and I had these of Exodus course, ninety yeah. brothers who I, I, it's not that they didn't know, but they didn't know of the seriousness of it. Right. And it's kind of funny because that's how I know they're really because I, I have to give myself an exemption because I can't be without media because right. I, I you know because of what I do. <laughs> right. But uh, they really did not know that this was really serious and i was yeah. like well you are really sticking to your guns on this <laughs> all right uh well uh, phone number 877-757-9424 and i'll tell you we've got a, a good program for you today it's the fourth monday of the month and that only means one thing and well it doesn't only mean one thing but <laughs> as far as this show goes it means that dr jonathan sanford who is the provost and professor of philosophy at the University of Dallas, is going to come in and do what we affectionately call the University of Dallas segment on the program. As opposed to unaffectionately <laughs> called. <laughs> yeah, we affectionately call that. And so uh, he is going to be joining us today. Uh, he joined today via phone with Dr. Michael West, assistant professor of English and the Outreach Coordinator for Liberal Learning for Life. And uh, they're going to talk about ways to grow in truth and virtue through quarantine. And of course, when we talk about liberal learning, it's not politically liberal. <laughs> right, I mean, right. you know that. Okay, course, I, don't, I don't have yeah, to explain definitely. that. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, growing in virtue uh, through the quarantine and a program that they're making available at the university for people stuck at home for free. Not the program's free. You're not stuck at home for free. <laughs> called Studies in Catholic Faith and Culture. Okay, so they're going to join us. Uh, also, uh, you know. Governor Greg Abbott today in about two and a half hours is going to hold a press conference and he is going to detail plans to reopen the Texas economy during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, he's going to lay out how businesses will resume operations while minimizing the spread of COVID-19. And uh, you can watch that again. That starts in about two and a half hours. Uh, we're all eager to find out what he says. Yeah, because it's also going to impact, um, I think, directly or indirectly, the resumption of public masses, Absolutely. because I know the bishops are, are taking their clue, cue and listening to what the, the, the governor has to say. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about that as well. And uh, I've got a guest that we're going to have on the phone with me uh, here in a few minutes. His name is uh, Joey Olivo. He's a member of Modern Day Parish in Irving. And he reached out because uh, he and some of his uh, his brethren, his friends are eager as we all are for the to, to be able to get back into the masses and he said i want to pray for our bishops i want to pray for our priests i want to you know turn this into a prayer campaign 
uh, so that we can, with God's grace and God's blessing, get back to some sense of normalcy as soon as possible. And so he's got a great story. He's a father of five. He's a husband of one, of course, uh, and uh, he uh, has five children. And so he's a revert. Oh, nice. uh, you're a convert. Yep. I'm, he's a revert. I wouldn't call myself a revert. I never really left. You are a I, small revert. I got I got lukewarmer. I gotcha. don't know. I got lukewarm when I was so in college. You- God, yeah. boy, okay, we got to come up with a better way. <laughs> I was trying to figure out some way I could say that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You can work on that one, <laughs> you were okay? Heated up. You don't know. Yeah, so he's going to talk to us and also want to know, you know, how are you doing? I, I, I always encourage people to call in during these shows, uh, whether the network show on Fridays or this show, and just say, how are you doing? You mm. know, what's... Well, what, what are you doing that's working? Uh, on Friday, I said, on a scale of 1 to 10, how eager am I to get back to public participation in mass? I'm a 10. You know, if mm-hmm. I could go higher than a 10, I'd be higher than a 10. I'm ready. At the same time, I want to be obedient to the bishops, and, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're doing what they can. I know, they, I don't think there's a priest or a bishop that doesn't want to right. get back. I mean, no, we're all on the same not. page. Uh, so if you want to call in and uh, let us know how you're doing, uh, we want to hear from you. 877-757-9424. Thistle, we have a Facebook page locally, and you like to keep track of how many people have joined it, right? Where are we? We are at 269 members, which is so cool. And I think last week we tried to get to 275, so I'd like to try to do that again. Yeah. And um, that's six more people we would need to join our Facebook group. So you go to facebook.com and type in GRNDFW and you ask to join the group and I'll accept you. Um, it's just a group where I post updates and other people can post updates about things that are going on at KATH 9, 10 a.m. and just things going across both dioceses that you can share, you know, good news about, oh, there was this event happening, there's that event happening. Uh, I mean, virtual events, obviously, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, there aren't any events happening. <laughs> But the idea in theory is is when we're not in this era, you know, we can all share, you know, the wealth, share prayers and all sorts of stuff. And it doesn't have to be just events, right? We can talk about radio shows coming up or uh, prayer requests. Absolutely. It's a community. Yeah, 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 it's a community. Everyone posts and joins. So go to Facebook.com and type into your Facebook search bar, GRNDFW, and join group. And we got one member. So I you already got more. one. Yeah, okay. I I, more. I, no offense, no offense, but I, I think you are setting such a low bar here. Okay. <laughs> I mean, six people in an okay, hour broadcast. You know, fine. we're broadcasting to a, a potential audience right now of seven million people. I that mean, is think true. about that. They're all that not, they're true. not all listening. Right. <laughs> but let's let's say you know a few thousand people or twenty thousand people are listening, and we're just asking for five, six people to join our Facebook page. Yeah. I mean, come on. All right, uh, fine. We'll go for three hundred <laughs> then, Dave. <laughs> End of yeah. the show. Three hundred people. All right. Three hundred. Okay. We just got another one. Too, so all right, we are, good, yeah, good. Two, so you two. guess you got to keep reminding people, right? <laughs> I will. Uh, all right, so so Facebook.com and it's the North Texas Facebook page. And uh, before we go over to Joey, we're going to take a break here in a moment, and then we're going to uh, call Joey from uh, Modern Day and just talk about the the how how we respond in prayer, especially the Rosary, you know, um, in this uh, I, I, this crisis. Let's just call it that. Um, but I, I want to talk also about the event that happened this past Saturday, and it was the virtual men's conference. Yes. And I want to congratulate Jeremy and Rick and Bob and Joey and the whole team. And uh, this is a big group of guys that puts this on every year. Typically, it's in a church. They were going to have it at St. Francis in Frisco. They were expecting 1,500 men. Because of the, cr- the current circumstances, they couldn't do it. But uh, Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, and you were an honorary men's conference <laughs> attendee yep. along with Diane. But I, I think it went really well. Oh, it did. I was so pleased. First of all, technology, everything worked. You know, yeah. there's always that chance of something going wrong. And when it's virtual... That can't happen. Yeah, <laughs> That's not yeah. good. Um, but the amount of response that they got, I was watching their social media pages. I think they had, from what I saw, at least over a hundred people watching mm-hmm. across the different platforms. Oh, oh yeah. And, no, there were like a couple, at least 220 or yeah. so just on YouTube. I know, yeah. I know. And then who knows how many people were listening yeah. on that, on the radio. So, and Deacon Harold, as always, was very inspiring and it was excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, it's pretty amazing because uh, we got in, we we're in studio here, and we, we me and Jeremy and uh, Rick and Bob uh, chatted for about 15 minutes, and then we threw over to uh, to Deacon Harold, and he was at a church in Portland, Oregon, and he basically had an hour and a half to talk, and I know he was in a room by himself. Well, mm-hmm. he was with Jesus because the Blessed Sacrament right. was there, so I misspoke. Okay, he was <laughs> there with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. But can you imagine somebody just putting a camera on you and saying, okay, you know, hundreds, perhaps a thousand people are watching you, go. 
Right. Oh God. No. No <laughs> break. Nothing good would happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would start talking about pizza or something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, right. I'm out of ideas. And then you'd see the YouTube numbers going down and down and down. All right. So, uh, so congratulations to the uh, Catholic Brothers for Christ, and uh, they've already got their expertus date for the fall their their website is catholicbrothersforchrist.com it's an awesome organization there's women's organizations as well uh and you know i i just can't wait till we get back to the point where we're going to events again and uh being able to shake hands and give people a hug and you know and and it's hopefully not going to be too long but we want to see what governor abbott has to say today and uh, as of now i don't think that there're going to be public masses in either diocese this weekend but I think the exciting thing is we're getting close to the point where it's kind of week to week. Yeah. I know Bishop Burns met with some of his priests on Friday, and I think um, probably in the next couple of days we're going to get a, another message from Bishop Burns and Bishop Olson as well. Yeah. And I'm, we're kind of going, we kind of went up a hill, I feel like, where we started going week to week basis, and then suddenly it was longer periods of time, and now we're going to go down the hill again and slowly start going out in public. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a little, little peak. Uh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Kind of like a little, uh, um, a chart where, yeah, you, you, we, we had to phase out of public masses, and then we're going to phase back, back in. in. It's exactly. not going to be automatic. Which I wonder if that means that we're going to do like the drive through, you know, communion again. Yeah. If that's what we're going to go back to first. Yeah, I don't know. I never I did no that. Idea. I never did I, that. Because I, I don't know. I doubt that we're going to go straight to, you know, 800 people gathered for mass, you yeah. know, the first weekend. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Pray we'll and see. see. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, that's the show today. You're always welcome to call and participate and join in. How are you doing? How are you handling all this? What's working? Uh, how eager are you to get back and receive our Lord in the Eucharist? <clears throat> uh, 877-757-9424. Uh, one man, as I mentioned, who is very eager and uh, is uh, Joey Olivo from Modern Day Parish in uh, Irving. He's going to join us on the phone here in just a minute. Talk about uh, how men in particular, leaders of households, uh, can lead their families through this crisis, pray for our bishops, pray for our priests, and just do the right thing until we can get back to the public participation of the masses. So he'll join us, and then Dr. Sanford and uh, Dr. West halfway through the show. This is the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM. We'll be back. Hello. Hey, Dave. Do we know who the speaker for the Summer Speaker Series this year is? Oh, yes. We got a great one this year. It's... Pope. Oh my goodness. We got the Pope? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, Susan. Oh I don't gosh. think we're talking about the same person here. Our guest is Monsignor Charles Pope. Well, of course. Who did you think I was talking about? I have no idea, but be sure to save the date for our summer speaker series July 23rd at the Frontiers of Flight Museum with special guest Monsignor Charles Pope. Guadalupe Radio Network thanks Cargo Eye Care of Las Colinas, a longtime sponsor on KATH 910 AM. Cargo Eye Care is owned by Dr. Jonathan Cargo from St. Anne Parish in Capel. Their office and eyewear gallery are centrally located in Irving. Cargo Eye Care offers a full range of services and products to patients of all ages. Most vision and health insurance plans are accepted, including Medicare and Medicaid. 972-432-2020 or on the web at CargoEyeCare.com. All right. Did you love that first spot uh, The Cecil and I did? We're getting a lot of raving reviews on that one for a Monsignor Charles Pope, July 23rd, Summer Speaker Series event uh, in Dallas. I talked to Monsignor Charles Pope uh, this morning and asked him, hey, do you think you know, July 23rd, you can be able to make it? And he said, yeah, I think so. So as of right now, that event is on. All right, so are you missing the Eucharist? Are you missing the sacraments? Are you missing uh, gathering with uh, your, your your lay faithful friends and your, your priest on Sundays? I, I know I do. And I've had the opportunity to speak on the phone a couple of times and get to know a little bit uh, Joey Olivo, a member of Modern Day Latin Mass Parish in Irving. And uh, he's got a real... Heart for the Eucharist. He's got a great story. He's uh, married. He's got five kids. Uh, he's a revert to the Catholic faith, and uh, he just really wants uh, everybody, especially men, heads of households, to be praying for our bishops, praying for priests. And he joins me on the line to talk about this and some of the things that we can do to get through this time together. Joey Olivo, good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Hey, good. Thanks for joining me. And uh, again, thanks also to uh, Adrian for reaching out and introducing me to you. And I know uh, many of us are feeling the same thing. We're like, uh, I'm, I'm getting sick of this. <laughs> I want to get back to the uh, to the sacraments. And I know that's the case for you. Tell me first a little bit about yourself. You described yourself in an email as a revert. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your story? 
Yes, uh, I'd be happy to. Uh, I'm a revert to the faith. Uh, it happened about five about five years ago now. I uh, um, drifted away. Um, I was, um, put it lightly, I was exposed to some pretty bad stuff as, as a child accidentally, and um, it started me down a dark path, uh, led to me dabbling around in the occult, uh, had a frightening experience with that, um, got out of that, and um, after serving in the military, I... Uh, had a pretty traumatic experience while I was serving overseas uh, um, in support of the operations over there right after 9-11. And uh, I um, had a pretty bad injury, and I came home. I was hurt. I was injured. I was in pain. Um, the VA put me on a ton of medications, and one night they put one too many on me. And uh, I uh, I was hallucinating. I was seeing things, that were hearing things that weren't there, and it scared me. Uh, I woke up my wife in the middle of the night. I had her get rid of all my medications. And uh but it didn't stop the pain. The pain was still there. It was just unending, unceasing. I was sleeping, you know, two, three hours a night if I was lucky. And um so uh one night I was uh feeling pretty down. I was uh I was just ready for, for the pain and suffering to be over. And um I sat there and uh was feeling pretty bad. And maybe I think you might get what I'm saying. And uh uh I turned on the turn on the T V. And um, this show come on, and the title of the show was Bad Things Happen. Hmm. And this uh, little Italian nun came on the television screen and uh, completely transformed my life. I, um, she taught me what it was to suffer, the, the honor that comes with suffering, and um, introduced me to Padre Pio. Padre Pio, through um, various doing research on him, I found out about Our Lady of Fatima and the message of Our Lady of Fatima, and uh, ended up going to a modern day. Uh, went to modern day, and uh, that completely trans. I mean, it just the the aura, the 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 way that the mass is done, just it just was awe. It was awe inspiring. Mm-hmm. Nothing that I'd ever seen before, and. Uh, we left mass that day and like my car was silent and I was kind of worried about my, uh, they were like 11 and nine at the time. And I was like, I don't know how they're going to like that. And, uh, we got in the car, it was dead silent. And I was like, so, uh, what did you guys think? And they're like, that was awesome. <laughs> we, <laughs> that's, uh, that's where we go. We go there. My, my mom and dad, they go to, uh, St. Joseph and Richardson and, uh, father cargo, we're praying for you. Yeah. Um, I know about his situation and they were definitely praying for him. And, uh, you know, my, uh, the biggest influence on my faith, I mean, I, and I, Brother Angelica played a big role in that, but, uh, my grandfather, uh, the late Martin Huerta Sr., that was my, uh, he, <clears throat> uh, it's hard to talk about him without getting emotional. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was dedicated to the faith. He would sit out in the, on the yard and evangelize people. It didn't matter who stopped by, Jehovah Witnesses, whoever, they were all welcome to sit down and, and he cracked open his Bible and it's, apologetics I and mean, he'd get after it you know and uh and it's funny because without even knowing that that's what really got me deeper into the faith was the apologetics sitting down i was disabled i was hurting a lot but i started buying books on apologetics and started reading it and uh when i got to modern day i found a good group of solid men good group of solid men that are on fire for the faith uh, my buddy adrian uh our uh, our uh, head of our uh, safety team, Tom Brueger, you know he uh, <clears throat> you know he came as soon as he heard that I was in the military. He was like, "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to talk to you." Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've been, I've been involved with that. And uh, those those men, uh, those really authentic masculine men, that's that's what's been the biggest thing to help me. It's mm-hmm. been that. Yeah, and that little Italian nun you talked about uh, was that Mother Angelica? Or was that, that was Mother Angelica. Okay, okay. I, I figured you're talking that about a, 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 a little Italian nun on TV. <laughs> I thought that must be Mother Angelica and Padre Pio and everything Absolutely. as well. Yeah, and, you know, I mentioned before uh, in speaking to you on the phone a couple of times and some of the emails, correspondence, uh, you are um, you are really missing the, the sacramental life. Uh, we all are, but... I was thinking, you know, this is not a time of, for ambivalence, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, you know, easy come, easy go. I, I think if we, it, it's tied into a real knowledge and faith and understanding of what we are receiving at Mass. And you talked about the experience of you and your family at Modern Day and just, uh, the, the Eucharist clearly means a, a whole lot to you and, and you miss it, don't you? 
I do, and it tells you right there in the Bible. You know, uh, you know, those who eat the, the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood have have everlasting life, and I abide in them, and them in me. And we don't have that right now, you know. So I find myself frequently saying, "Where are they taking him?" It's just like when they went to the tomb on Resurrection Sunday, and where have they taken him? Where have they taken our Lord? And that's that's what it is. Our Sundays are deflated right now, yeah. completely deflated. My, I see my kids are. Shoulders are hanging low, and it's it's depressing. It's downright yeah. depressing. Yeah, and everybody's feeling that way, and we are so eager to get back to the uh, the, the regular participation uh, in the sacraments. And I I don't think I think it's going to be short term. I think in the next uh, two three weeks, perhaps. I know if you go to either the Dallas or the Fort Worth Diocese websites, they're uh, they've got updates. And so uh, obviously one of the big um, ways to go about this is is prayer. You are a big devotee uh, of the Rosary, am I right? Yes, uh, I'd like to uh, thank uh, Father Buckley for that. So when I came back and I did my my confession, I'd only done one confession my whole life up until uh, I came back to the faith, and uh, I went into the, to the confessional with him, and uh, he was like, "Okay, for your penance, he goes, you're gonna, he goes, you're gonna read the Gospels of John and Matthew. He goes, and then you're gonna say, he goes, he goes. By the way, he goes, how often do you pray the Rosary? I'm like, well, you know, we pray it every once in a while. He goes, oh great. He goes, you're gonna pray the Rosary every day. He goes for one month straight. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I had to, and then I had to do two decades with my arms outstretched. <laughs> and uh so um uh being disabled that was extremely difficult. I, mean, I was pouring sweat and extreme pain and it really he really put me there on, on I mean it's nowhere close to what Christ experienced, don't get me wrong, but it it was it was it was life altering and uh our dedication to the rosary. It, it's the weapon of these times. Padre Pio said it best. It's, yeah. it's the weapon of these times. You talked you, talk, you, know, you we do. Yeah, I'm sorry, Joey. Uh, Joey Avilo um, is joining me. Olivo, I'm sorry, Joey Olivo from Mater Day Latin Mass Parish in, in Irving, talking about uh, how he's personally handling it as a father, a husband, uh, a, a parishioner, a faithful Catholic. And uh, if you want to j- jump in and join us and uh, talk about your own circumstances and situation, we invite your call here at the Good News Show, eight seven seven. Seven five seven nine four two four eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. I'm I'm just curious, Joey, because you talked about your uh, your kids kind of really being you know really really missing the mass and how they came out of the mass at one time and they really were moved. It sounds like uh, you've got some exceptional kids who have a real spiritual awareness. Uh, do they? A lot of times, kids don't like the rosary too much. It seems boring. It seems repetitious. Uh, have you gotten to the point where the, the, the kids get it? Uh, how, and if so, how were you able to instill a love for the rosary in your kids? They, they get it. And, and the thing is, is that we change it up. You know, we, 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 you know, we sing between, uh, between the decades occasionally. Um, we've done a, uh, a walkthrough holding a crucifix, kind of like a little procession style. Um, you know, we change it up, you know, we make it, make it, a uh, we make it more fun for them, and uh, um, actually, uh, 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 Tom Brugger, our our, uh, our head of a uh, of safety team, he was he's like I work out, and he has this he has this workout thing he does while praying the rosary, and it's that authentic, it, you know, we just it's it's changing things up. You don't have to sit there and do it like that all the time and just sit on the couch and pray. You can get on your knees, make an act of reparation. That's important right now. Right now, make an act of reparation. To show God that we are sorry. This is this everything, and I, I want people to understand that, he, that the reason this has happened is the permissive will of God. Mm-hmm. The bishops haven't taken the sacraments from us. The Pope hasn't taken the sacraments from us. This is the permissive will of God, and we can't argue that there aren't sacrileges happening and scandals happening inside the church. This has been taken from us, and it comes from the laity, the laity, and especially the men. The men are the domestic. We're the heads of the domestic church. We need to step up and be men. We need to step up and be men. We need to be a presence in the community. You know, how many men have gone and <clears throat> gone on their knees outside their parish and prayed? Yeah. By themselves, just get out there and pray. How many, how many have actually stepped up and done an act of reparation, a true act of reparation, mortification? Yeah. These are things that are lost in yeah. this time. Men are worried about making money, coming home, resting. No, we need to be active. We need to be out there getting things done in the community and and letting the bishops and you know the pope know hey we're here we're behind you we need the mass back because you can say in a perfect act of contrition but if you don't know the requisites for that perfect act of contrition what's it going to do for you yeah 
Yeah, so true. I think about uh, President Trump when he said that the decision about reopening the country was the biggest decision uh, that was weighing on him as in his entire presidency. So much is at stake. And we also uh, look at the bishops uh, and the decisions that they have to make. And I, I have heard many people say, I would not want to be in their position. I wouldn't want to be the one that has to make this decision because so much is on the line here. And um uh, I, I know one thing that uh, you're very big on is praying for, in fact, that was the uh, introduction email that you sent me, is that we want to pray for our bishops, pray for our priests, uh, and uh, uh, you recommend uh, rosary, how, how in the, the sacrifice, the reparation that you're talking about, what do you recommend? You know, uh, my kids, we, we have, uh, you know, we have ceramic tile floors, and uh, they will get on their knees, and they will pray on their knees. Mm. They make themselves uncomfortable, and they offer that up. You know, I've taught my kids to make a spiritual comment. My son's a football player, and uh, he plays up here in Frisco. And, uh, you know, I tell him every time you get a hard hit on the shoulder, the arm, and it hurts, offer it up. Yeah. You know, we forget about these, again, these these acts of mortification that we can do. We can offer these things up to, to our Lord for us, you know, for, for our sake, for our sins, for the sins of mankind. You know, for the sacrilegious, for the desolation, for the destruction of churches that are happening in Europe and are starting to creep here into America, you know, that's that's what we need to be doing, you know, and, and we, we do need to step up as men and, and take that lead and, 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 to, and to lead the domestic church. Yeah. And the thing I like about it also is that uh, it's not a macho, he-man, you know, chauvinistic kind of thing. I, I know, you know, my, my wife loves when I lead. I'm sure your wife is exactly the same. You know, it's not we're, you know, lording over our wives, but uh, I think most women want to see uh, a spiritual head of the household, a man who's able to, in a very kind, gentle way, an authoritative way, take take control of the spiritual uh, needs of their family. I'm, I'm certainly not perfect. I'm sure you're not as well, but... Uh, Sometimes the best thing for the whole family is when the father will stand up and and and, and be a spiritual leader, and I think that's that's really what you're what you're talking about, isn't it? Absolutely, and like I said, that's that. You know, when you look at President Trump, you know, uh, you know, he's he he has to he's had to step up and make hard decisions. He's had to step up and and uh, and and really take charge and take a lead in this. And uh, now, given them his his crassness isn't exactly for everybody, but he is. He doesn't back down, you know, and we can't back down either. We, we can either be like Peter and the rest of the apostles and flee when times get tough, or we can be like that, that dedicated saint, that one that stayed by the foot of the cross yeah. with our blessed mother. We need to be him. We yeah. need to be him. And, you know, that's, that's what we need right now. And, and I do. I appeal to all the men. Pray your rosary. Get out. Walk the neighborhood. Pray your rosary. Offer the sweat that drips in your eyes. Offer it up. We we need these things, and we need the mass back. And there's precedents for 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 the mass back in times of pestilence. You know, there there there's there was there were saints that that you know Saint Charles. You know, Saint Charles yeah. was one who who didn't cancel mass. He actually increased the amount of masses, but he separated the people. Hey, if you're sick and you have a you know, disease, or you think you're you're you know you have the big issue going on, you go over here and you have a separate wa- holy water font. You know, um, you know, there's things that, that, that we can do. And I think, you know, <clears throat> the bishops need to know we're behind them and we need the mass back. We're, yeah. we're, we're not saving souls. You know, and, I, and, I, and I, I love President Trump because he's willing to sacrifice relationships. You know, I've, mm-hmm. coming back to the church, I've had to sacrifice. I've had, it's crazy. When I came back to the church and I, I reverted back to the faith, I, all of my friends stopped calling me. <laughs> all of them, and it was yeah. like it was literally at the same time. All of them stopped calling me, no reason whatsoever. They all stopped calling me. I've been persecuted, and I've been willing to walk away from relationships over Christ, over the church, over the one true Catholic Church. I'm willing to walk away from relationships, mm-hmm. and I ask all men out there. Are you willing to sacrifice relationships to save just one soul? Are you willing to sacrifice relationships? Are you willing to sacrifice being comfortable? Yeah, so true. I uh, am. 
Yeah, Joey, let me just, uh, last question, uh, on, uh, I appreciate you being on with me. You meant, you, you referred to, uh, St. Charles Borromeo and how he handled times during, during the plague. Um, I think all Catholics, uh, we need to be able to, to, somebody says, hey, who are your favorite saints? We need to be able to say, okay, I like this saint, this saint, this saint. The saints' lives are so powerful. Are there any, uh, uh any other saints that you would, uh, suggest our listeners turn to, especially during this time of, uh, you know, the coronavirus, uh, uh, crisis and what's going on in our church. So what are some other saints that you lean on? This, this year is the year of St. Joseph. Yeah. Uh, there's the consecration of St. Joseph. You can buy it online. If you can, I know the book is kind of hard to come by. So many men are buying it. You can buy it on Kindle and do the consecration of St. Joseph. Um, this is the year of St. Joseph. And I think this is God telling us, hey, men, you need to step up. Um, St. Benedict, he he is a big one for me. Um, St. Bernard, St. James, uh, St. Ferdinand III, St. George, these are all great. I, I don't know. They're just masculine men. You know, they defended the faith, uh, um, and those are the ones that uh, that really a- appeal to me personally as a man, and those are the ones that I look to model myself after. And, and, and you know, I've always said, that, you know, if there's one person that I've known in my life that I think uh, made it to heaven quickly, it was my grandfather, mm-hmm. and I'm I pray for him, and I, I hope he's praying for me if he's up in heaven. I, I know he's going to be a great saint up there, and uh, I think about him constantly. And, um, you know, those are, uh, you know, think, don't forget about your loved ones that have passed on during this time. Some of them are in heaven. You know, um, you have access to things that they own. Those, those are relics if they're up there in heaven. You know, we have to keep that in mind and, and, and not waste time. So many people are posting pictures, and all they're doing is watching TV, and they're binge-watching. I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of binge-watching mm-hmm. posts on social media. And I'm like, why are you binge-watching stuff? Yeah. And I've caught myself doing it at times. I'm like, I'm, this, is, well, this is too much. You yeah. know, pick up a book. You know, read Mystical City of God. You want to, to, to model your marriage and to lead your family? I, I encourage everybody, and that, uh, my buddy Adrian, he, uh, Montez, he uh he recommended me get the uh, the books, the uh, the Mystical City of God, and he told me he was like, "Look, it's great to read it in order. Read book two. and that cho- totally changed my perspective of what a family is supposed mm. to be. You know, reading about the Blessed Mother as she was pre- as God prepared her to be the the Mother of God, and Saint Joseph in book two. Um, Saint Joseph really got to me when he found out. With the first, it talks about in detail of how. The first time he saw Mary, he re- recognized that she was pregnant, and the agony he was going through—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's really mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, but that's 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 those are the saints that I think of, especially St. Joseph in today's time. Yeah. Well, wow, 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 what a great answer. I said every Catholic should have a couple, uh, you know, to talk about. And you, you rattled off about ten of them there. So I appreciate that very much. Uh, <laughs> Joey, we got to go. Thank you for your witness. I'm so glad that you're such a blessing to the Catholic Church. And again, thanks to Adrian uh, Montes for suggesting uh, Joey. And just call out for all men, to uh, and, and women for that matter, but uh, men uh, take on the leadership role, especially during this time uh, of crisis. And uh, pray, 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 pray for each other, and also pray for pray. our bishops who have to have to, uh, very be a uh, public witness. Yeah, important decisions to make over the coming uh, um, uh, days and weeks. All right, thanks, Joey, and uh, we are hey, here. One, one quick thing before I go, um, there is a uh, Facebook page that I'm starting. It's called Rose. All right, uh, <clears throat> so, so I, I I know we got to take a break here, and uh, we are going to have the UD segment of. Uh, our program with Dr. Sanford in a moment. I just want to mention, you want to give a quick update on the Facebook page? Oh, yeah, uh, we're, we're, we almost had our, our, our goal, right? Yeah, we are. The low uh, goal we, that you uh, set. Yeah, my yes. low goal. We're two away. We're at 273 members for our GRNDFW. Uh, right. We can do it. Yeah, two yes, more. Yes, we can do it. All right, uh, quick break and back with uh, Dr. Sanford and his guests from the University of Dallas right after this. I've never heard y'all before. There is this lady with her big white SUV and on the back of the windshield is this big cross with y'all's radio station under put it on your radio station anyhow and then it starts talking about the saints and how the saints give you signs and they lead you into the right direction I just appreciate you and God for putting that sign in my life and letting me know that it, it is him and it's okay the Guadalupe Radio Network radio for your soul 
Visit the St. Vincent de Paul thrift stores and save big every day. The St. Vincent de Paul thrift store has thousands of name brand items priced under $5. That's thousands of items priced under $5. Women's, men's, and children's clothing, furniture, home decor, and more. All at extremely low prices. With two locations at Northwest Highway behind Left Field and in Plano off 75 and Parker Road. Visit the St. Vincent de Paul thrift stores and save big every day. Mention this ad and save 40% off your entire thrift store purchase. Let's face it, how do most kids learn today? Well, through videos, songs, games, and apps. So, what is the best way to help them learn about their faith? Join the ever-lovable Brother Francis and his friends as they journey through the Catholic faith in Adventure Catechism. To learn more or to get your very own copy of Adventure Catechism with Brother Francis, visit BrotherFrancisStore.com. Again, that's BrotherFrancisStore.com. Hi, this is Bob Dwayne with My Mutual Mortgage, a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. My wife, Norma, and I have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are praying for our country and all that are affected by the coronavirus. The drastic fluctuations in the market have caused mortgage rates to drop to record lows. If you'd like an analysis of your mortgage situation, we can be reached by calling 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. My Mutual Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS 12901. Exactly. Welcome back to the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. April 27th it is, and we're in the third week of Easter. So happy Easter to you. And uh, it's also the fourth Monday of the month, and that means, as I mentioned, one thing. It means that Dr. Jonathan Sanford, the provost of the University of Dallas, comes in, and he always uh, he always brings a friend, either you know, either on the phone or in studio with us. And uh, today he's going to introduce us to Dr. Michael West. And so, uh, Dr. Sanford, good to see you. How are you? How are you doing? How are how are things in the midst of? The current circumstances. Uh, um, yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, things things are unusual at the University of Dallas. Normally, the the campus is a, a bustle with students and and all kinds of activities. We're winding down the semester. We're doing all of our instruction virtually um, online, just like most yeah. every other university right now. And that's been a big transition for the university. We sent the students home after their spring break, and and. You know, we're, the coronavirus has, has caused some financial hardships for a lot of our students and their families as, as well as for the institution mm-hmm. itself. Um, and so we're, we're getting on top of that and, and we've got a, uh, we set up a fund for students who are at, at significant risk and, and people have been very generous and, and directing dollars to those students. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not been good for, for anybody. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah. And how odd I heard about the the students in Rome. You know, the the of course the sophomores get to go to Rome, right. and uh, how unprecedented it was for University of Dallas to have to say they they they, they need to come back. Uh, yeah, no, that pr- was prudent call, but uh, well, unfortunate for them and for the university. Yeah, it was it was, that was the first wave, and and it's yeah. funny looking back on that. It um, now that's an easy call, right? Because yeah. they basically shut down Italy about three days after we we got yeah. the students home. Yeah. But, but um, we didn't know that at the time, and all of this developed so quickly, yeah. and and uh, you know hours felt like days, and days like weeks in terms of the the changes coming down the the uh, uh, the pike, and I'm sure you can relate to that. So we were just trying to stay on top of what the restrictions were, what's possible, what's not possible. But there there are many there are many blessings to to this as well. Mm-hmm. You know, our our Lord turns all things to the good, yeah. even even this, and. We're going to, to persevere. Our students are persevering. They're, they're in many ways appreciating more deeply the kind of education that we provide at mm-hmm. the university. One that, that has a, a heavy emphasis on, on relationality and community and, and being with others as we wrestle with the significant questions that are our tradition and our culture and our, our own intellects put before us. And so we're eager to re-engage and, and hope to have the students back on campus in the fall. Yeah, I know we've got your guests waiting, but let me give you one more, more quick quick question. You can probably answer it uh, in, in very briefly. Do we know about the fall semester yet, or is that still up in the air? Yeah, right? I, uh, uh, I could go on and on about that. So we, uh, we, the 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 hope, the plan is that there will be um, uh, students on campus in the fall. Okay. And and we we actually have graduate programs that are largely online and have been successful for a long time, particularly in business. And so there's there's a precedent for a lot of what we're doing. But the um, um, 
the, the question I think is, is what will on campus look like? Do we have to have social distancing practice? Do we, do we need to have testing for the students? And, mm-hmm. and what are, what are those elements? And, and of course, uh, the, the, uh, government has a, a lot to, uh, to say about what we'll end up doing in terms of, so we'll, we'll do as much as we can that's yeah. safe and, and, um, we really hope to, to welcome our students back to campus in full force. Yeah, I hope that's the case, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for that information. And uh, you got Dr. Michael West that's on the line right. with us. That's right. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about our, our guest today, Dr. Michael West. He's, he's a young assistant professor of English, and he also works um, directly with me in a, a program called Liberal Learning for Life, which is a – um, an umbrella term for a number of continuing education opportunities that we provide to those who are attached to the university or hope to become friends of the university in some way. So, um, uh, Dr. West has a, a, a UD background that's, that's quite extensive. He did his undergrad at UD and, um, his father was a, a politics professor for many years and his mother a classics professor for many years. And, um, uh, Dr. West went on to Columbia University for his PhD in literature of all things. So, so Dr. <laughs> West, welcome to the program and, and what was it about literature that, that took your fancy? Hi JJ. I um Dave, I can hear you great. JJ, I can hear you just a little bit. So uh, okay, uh tell me what you want to talk about. Oh, oh is, it, is it better now? Uh, that's oh, yeah, I guess you I, you okay, gotta talk good. to me a bit better. So 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 uh Michael, uh uh Dr. West, can you hear me now? I can hear you great, Dr. Stanford. Thank you. Okay, great. So um yeah, listeners, Dr. West is not in the studio with us. We're we're practicing um uh social distancing, so he's on the telephone. We didn't have the volume quite right. So I uh Dr. West, I just gave a, a brief introduction of you and your UD connections and and mentioned that your parents were um professors at, at the University of Dallas, but in different disciplines. Mm-hmm. And I asked you why mm-hmm. you went into literature. What is it about literature that took your fancy? Mm. Well, the the easiest way to say that is that literature is the thing that uh, uh, grabbed me and refused to let go. Uh, you know, I read Romeo and Juliet in high school and uh, was actually not particularly entranced by uh, the romance between the two of them so much as the way that they talked to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that they would swear by the moon and would argue about that metaphor together. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other thing is when I was going through my coursework at the University of Dallas as an undergraduate is uh, I found that studying literature enabled me to talk about and to think about the things that I found most interesting in other disciplines, in particular uh, philosophy and history. There's a tradition that says that literature, um, Aristotle says actually, that literature is uh, more philosophical than history mm-hmm. uh, in that literature deals more with uh, universals. And so it, you get the best of history, you get to talk about particular human actions, but that you aren't bound by what actually happened. You're able to make up stories, you're able to make up kinds of beings um, in literature that you can't do when you do history. And, and the advantage over philosophy in one way of thinking is that actually, uh, without making a rivalry with you, Dr. Sanford, is that uh, literature enables you to think about particulars uh in in a very in, in a very specific way in a way that philosophy with its uh, tendency towards abstraction mm-hmm. uh, doesn't let you do. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the reasons that uh, I was grabbed by literature and and still am compelled uh, mm-hmm. by stories today as a as an adult. No, that, that's great. And and for our listeners' sake, um, I'm not just the the provost. I'm also a professor of philosophy. And mm-hmm. and, and uh, Plato talks about there being a long a long quarrel between philosophy and poetry, or or um, mm-hmm. of which literature finds a, a certain home. Um, and and for the record, Dr. West, I I um, have taught courses in which I've incorporated literature into uh, philosophical <laughs> subject matter, following mm-hmm. following the uh, the suggestions of of one of the uh, uh, Thomist thinkers who I um, have taken a lot of inspiration from, Alistair McIntyre, who uh, mm-hmm. uh, emphasizes the narrative structure of our lives and the significance of of literature for. Uh, mm-hmm. Learning, learning about ourselves, and I was a literature major for three years. If you, if you can believe that. <laughs> but um, let's let's talk about uh, you, you split your time between uh, the classroom and mm-hmm. um, a, a set of of projects connected to, in the broadest sense, what we describe as liberal learning for life, which is a continuing education 
um, effort at the University of Dallas, inviting people to to see how learning is not something you just do in college. It's something as human beings we're called by God to dedicate ourselves to throughout the entirety of our lives. And um, I, I, I like to think of our education as one that it takes a lifetime to grow into, right? So we, we, we've been finding ways to connect people to the work that we do at the University of Dallas. And could you tell the listeners ab- about what that work is that falls under li- learning for life? Yeah, yeah. So the the, the program in particular uh, that, that uh, fits what you're talking about is the Studies in Catholic Faith and Culture program, which mm-hmm. is a se- sequence of four uh, online video-based courses um, which explore in four, from four different ways the question of the human person from a Catholic point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, we're in the, in the process of building uh, the third one right now. Fortunately, there's a lot of work we can do even when we aren't face-to-face, me and my team. So it's myself and Dr. Shan Valenzuela and Joe Haggard, who's the, the video professional at the university who are working on this project. Uh, but we do it in consultation and collaboration with uh, UD faculty across the discipline. So uh, from philosophy, like yourself, uh, we have physicists, mathematicians, uh, professors of literature, professors of theology, uh, history, art, and uh, others that I am going to, to unfortunately leave out. But um, we bring all of these together to try to put together uh, a, a portrait of a human person from different points of view. So... The first one is uh, focuses on what a human person is uh, from the question to the standpoint of what we call Catholic anthropology. Mm-hmm. And our second course is about the person as a being that exists in time but is made for eternity. So it focuses on the question of history and tradition. And the course we're working on right now focuses on the human person in action. Mm-hmm. So thinking about different modes of human action and ha- trying to answer the question that we all want to know, which is how do we live well? Uh, in particular, what's important to know is that these are courses that are online, and we uh, we have groups that have studied them in person in parishes and schools and private homes where they watch the videos together, drink wine, and uh, talk about the presentations. But at the moment, obviously, none of that is happening. So those courses are now available for free on the Internet uh, for those who come to our uh, if you type in uh, Catholic Faith and Culture University of Dallas, you will find our page and you will find our courses and sample videos. Mm-hmm. And we're eager to share this with people. We're eager to share this with people who are um, either who have received a liberal education in college and want to revisit that, or for those who are are looking to dive in and who listen to this show and say, this sounds really interesting. I want to learn more of it. I think our program is a and the courses we have are a great way for people to start doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank, thank you. That was a really good overview. And, and that, you know, that was, that was a big decision for us to start offering these, these courses. And we're calling them, them courses, um, because they're, they're, they're built like courses, but there's not required homework. There's not, um, any requirement other than, than being engaged with the material that is presented and hopefully discussing it with, with your friends. Uh, so these are not credit-bearing courses, but they're an opportunity for significant continuing education and um, are really quite rich. So we, we've had tremendous feedback over the last couple of years from participants in this program, and it's, and it's been a paid approach. That's how we've been able to plow funds back into the production now of uh, the third course in this series, and we have new series um, planned out as well, but obviously moving to free, we've got um, uh, we're, we're just trusting that that things will continue to to flourish. Um, but we really felt a great need to find ways to feed the the minds and hearts of of those who are interested in in um, learning more deeply about their Catholic faith and culture, and are locked in their homes and looking for something worthy of their time. And indeed, this program is is worthy of one's time. So let, let's talk a little bit about the, the um, I guess, the, the original vision for this and, and why it was developed. And full disclosure, this is a, a program that's the, the fruit of, of uh, my office over the last several years working with a group of, of faculty at the university. I'm just pretending as though um, Dr. West is, is <laughs> um, updating me on it. And the... the um, um, but we 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 noticed a, a hunger on the part of many people to um, not just get in touch with with their their Catholic faith, but to do so through through study, through through reflection upon the great tradition. 
and um, we find that there are many people who feel as though they've they've lost something in their lives because perhaps they didn't have that kind of of education on on the front end. And so we wanted to reach those, but we also, as you said before, wanted to to help those who did have a a, a more comprehensive liberal education reunite with that education, but to do so in a way that engages contemporary challenges, right? And and the way that that uh, we often think about education and liberal education in particular is is it's an effort of building up culture, right? So to to educate is to be encultured in some significant way. And sometimes I think we think of the recovery of Catholic culture as our goal. But I, I wonder if it's not better to recast that in terms of um, what what the earliest Christians faced, which was a matter of building culture, right? I, I wonder if we spend too much time trying to, to reclaim a putative um, golden age and ought to be thinking about um, what it is to to reclaim culture for Christ in a, in a kind of foundational way. I don't know what you think about that, Dr. West. I think that uh, certainly that's a that's a compelling vision. Yeah, that uh, uh, one of the the let's say occupational hazards of being the kind of person who um, teaches literature is there is a, a sense that um, to to engage with objects that have you know been uh, you know, to read Shakespeare, which was written 400 years ago, or Aristotle written 2,500 years ago, there's a way in which this can feel like a backward-looking project, and a uh, that there's a kind of uh, sad nostalgia for a world that has been lost. And um, the truth is, for those of us who are engaged in this work, that's not at all how we see it, because, of course, our lives are moving forward into the future. Mm-hmm. And for us, these objects, although they were written 400 or 2,000 years ago, are are fully alive mm-hmm. and speak to the lives that we live right now. So what's important about uh, the study of culture, I think, even whether it's, whether it's uh, things that are historical or not, is that they give us life now, and that they enable us to. They feed us now, and they uh, enable us to to live and to work through the challenges that we face today. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not interesting because they are old. Uh, they are interesting because they are fully alive, and they bring us they bring us to life as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great way to to articulate that that uh, engagement with the tradition, and and part of what we're trying to reveal through through these courses, right? So we've We've hand handpicked the the professors who are um, providing the content in this or that particular um, <clears throat> segment, and and indeed we we have outstanding videography uh, through and through, and uh, so it's it's a very high quality engagement. You know what what uh, in a nutshell would you describe Catholic culture to be? What what makes a culture Catholic, Doctor West? Hmm. I mean, that is a rich question, but there's a, there's a way in which culture is, you can think of culture as, uh, the way of life of a people. And so Catholic culture would be the way of life of Catholics when they are living most fully. Mm-hmm. And that means when they are most fully engaged, uh, with the gifts of nature and with the gifts of grace. Mm-hmm. So one way of thinking about this, of course, is that the sacraments are themselves the peak of Catholic culture because they are where we, uh, work with and take up the goods of the earth and that they put us in touch and they allow us to access uh, uh, the grace of God. Um, and I think that that's, that's true, that uh, Catholic culture is at its, at its height. These sacraments are the premier example of Catholic culture. But that doesn't, we don't want to denigrate the other ways in which um, human beings make things. Um, I think in particular there's a reason that when we think about culture, we think about things like music, art, and speculative philosophy. These are things that human beings, strictly speaking, do not need to do. Um, And I think we should add to those, we should add worship as an example of that. There's a way in which we don't need to worship in order to sustain our bodily existence. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a way in which that uh, culture is that domain in which we do things that are not strictly necessary Mm -hmm. for our bodily existence and our sustenance, and are at the same time the things that are the most human actions Mm-hmm. And the things that are the that allow us to sort of transcend, I think, our um, uh, our merely uh, material lives and put us in touch with um, the things uh, the things of God ultimately. Mm-hmm. 
No, that's that's a that's a wonderful response, and put put me in the mind of uh, Joseph Pieper's Leisure: The Basis of Culture, where where mm-hmm. um, he he points us directly toward worship as that which is um, fulfilling of our lives, and that which is is in short supply, and a large part of the reason why why our our world has, has sort of been reduced or truncated into a kind of workaday world where we're we're unable to appreciate. Um, our our existence, the existence of others, or the very meaning of of time. Um, it's it's worship mm-hmm. that's at the at the heart of that. And uh, strictly speaking, as you as you said, it's not necessary, and yet it is necessary if we're to flourish, mm-hmm. if we're to live lives that that are in fact um, going to be um, uh, pointed towards towards eternity. So. Um, mm-hmm. How 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 does how does the the uh, the program itself and, and we're coming up on about two about a minute and a half or so yeah oh about a minute and a half um, so um, how how does this program where where should a listener start as they as they jump into this material that we've now made available for free um, to uh, uh, be reminded of those those deepest things that have to do with with Catholic culture sure um, I I would say well. Uh, Take a look at our, our website, which is uh, Catholic uh, Catholic Faith Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we invite people to sign up and watch a, a just a sample a sample uh, presentation. Um, mm-hmm. Each of the courses is twenty twenty minute presentation, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I suggest you I, I suggest that our, your your listeners uh, log in and poke around and, and pick. They can start anywhere. I mean that's the truth of the matter. JJ is that um, as this is not a you are not being uh, shepherded through a boot camp uh and this is you are not being put through your paces mm-hmm. uh in this course this is a place to uh explore this of, of as you say of leisure mm-hmm. um one of my favorite literature professors uh always says that um you should always read you should read good books if you can but even if you can't you should read at whim mm-hmm. um follow what interests you follow your initial interests and mm-hmm. take those where where you wish. And I encourage your listeners to do the same with our materials and our courses. Excellent. Well, it's it's been great to have you on, Doctor West. Um, I'm getting the signal that uh, the show is <laughs> is winding down. I think it's very intriguing. I uh, just in listening, I, I'm like, I'm going to check that out. I mean, I get a lot of things thrown at me, but I was like, this is really interesting, especially something that uh, is free of charge, 20 minutes, so you know, pretty bite sized mm-hmm. uh, morsels. Uh, so. It's free of charge, but it's worth a lot. Yes. So, so you know, we don't want to cheapen what we have. It's a, yes. it's a high quality product, but but these times called for that that adjustment. Yeah, yeah, very good. Well, thank you very much. This is an interesting conversation, uh, Dr. Michael West. Thanks for being on the program today. And you want to remind everybody of that website? Is it uh, CatholicFaithAndCulture.udallas.edu? Is that right? That's correct. Put a www in front of it if you want to. I guess you don't have to, but. And uh, Dr. Sanford, good, good to see you. We'll see you uh, uh, next month, right? On the fourth, fourth Monday of the month. So uh, thank you so much. I always enjoy the University of Dallas segments. Great university. I have a master's degree from the University of Dallas. My sister graduated from there. Uh, and uh, Cecil Anderson, thank you for running the board and uh, producing this program. We thank everybody for listening. And don't forget, uh, we'll be back uh, next Monday. Uh, with the next good news program, and don't forget about our Facebook page. Uh, that uh, did we get our goal, Cecil? Did we get it? We to, have not yet. We have one more. Yet. We need one more. <laughs> two more. Two so, more. Okay. Two so more. Facebook.com. It's the North Texas page, and so that'll do it. Thanks. Have a great rest of your third week of Easter, and thank you for listening. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show. The Catholic Marketing Network Momentum 2020 event is the premier trade show and conference for organizations who serve the needs of Catholics. Join us in Dallas on July 14th through 17th to connect with Catholic retailers, business owners, and ministry leaders. This event is packed with powerful seminars, trade show exhibits, and face-to-face networking. 
Find out how you can be part of Momentum 2020 at CatholicMarketing.com. Exhibitor reservations are available now. Hi, this is Norma Duane with My Mutual Mortgage, a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. My husband Bob and I have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are praying for our country and all that are affected by the coronavirus. The drastic fluctuations in the market have caused mortgage rates to drop to record lows. If you'd like an analysis of your current mortgage rate, payment, or term, we can be reached at 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. My Mutual Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS 12901. Are you connected? Hi, Joe McLean here, the Director of Mission Development for the GRN, and I am super excited about 2020. It's our 20-year anniversary, and we are rolling out new digital tools to include a new website, a podcast catalog, upgrades to our mobile app, and more. A great way for you to stay up-to-date and connected is by joining the GRN text list. You can do that today for free at grnonline.com forward slash text. Hello, this is Bob Parra, owner of the Parra Car Care Stores and a sponsor of KATH 910 AM Radio. We are so thankful to all the frontline responders, educators, and clergy during this pandemic. Parra Car Care is donating oil changes and summer checkups now through Memorial Day to all you unsung heroes as our way of saying thank you. You do your best every day. We want to return the favor. You can make an appointment through our website at paracarcare.com. Be strong, America. We'll get through this together. K-A-T-H, 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.